All right, so funny thing, I was driving over here and we're coming out of the store and you know those Starline tour buses that they use for like, what is it called? Tourists that come and they're out in Hollywood taking pictures of things like that. Sunset Boulevard, yeah. you know, taking pictures of uh, Chinese theater. Yeah, or... all those touristy shit. So it's funny, I just saw one out here where we live in the town and I was talking to my lady and I was just like, I don't understand what are these people looking at? So we caught up to them and we were like, so where are you guys from? And they said they were locals. Uh, granted, they all looked the same kind of, you know, they all looked like they were related and they were just, I guess they just rented out a Starline tour bus and started just driving around. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, which is weird because considering the town is only eight miles long, we have three main roads, but all right. hey, to you, each their own. What are you going to do? Each, well, I know what I'm not going to do. That. That. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> This podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall! With a 60-minute time limit, coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from Chavez Ravine, I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is... Bobby. Mookie Betts is the best B. And we're bringing you again another edition of the... Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. Yes, it is. We're back with a one-week hiatus. Uh, Bobby was on vacay with the family. We were getting caught up on things, but now we're back bringing you some cool shit. We got some new segments that I'm really excited about that both of us are. We got the mailbag, cool shit, uh, Hell in a Cell predictions, and lots of other stuff to do. Yeah, man. So let's just jump into this real quick. Obviously, we're going to start off with Wrestling Night in America, and only because we're doing it alphabetically this week, uh, we're going to start off with... AEW Dynamite, and I feel like the last two weeks have been good. I feel like uh, uh, last week's uh, edition was stronger. The the year anniversary of I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. Really? I thought I thought the last week's edition, the year anniversary, while it was good, I was expecting more. I was expecting more people, more things to do there, and so I did, I'm not saying it was a bad show. I'm just saying I expected more, and I thought this week's edition was a little bit stronger. It moved storylines more along, and uh, the matches were good, and they made sense. Yeah, I mean, so last week's, I really liked the FTR and uh, Best Friends match. Starting it off, it was a good match. It was just a nice, hard-hitting tag team match. Uh, Very traditional, but also, you know, all these guys are excellent wrestlers, so they were able to take it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but not flippy dippy, not crazy, not, not so many like not um, super fast yeah. paced. So I really enjoyed that, and obviously, and it set up the um, program that um, the good friends, as Miro would call them, right. with Miro and um, Kip Sabian. Right. So they moved that along, and then you know Miro, I consider this a botch because I don't really like how they've brought him in. Overall, I don't think he needed to be with Kip Sabian. Um, no. It's not like Kip Sabian is putting him over. Or bringing like people know who this dude is. It like, seems like it's gonna be the end game. Like I don't, I don't, I know that Miro is a gamer in real life, but like this whole thing, especially when he got pissed that they broke the game and stuff like that, and like I, I could do without any of that. But if this is, I'm willing to 
um, see it out. And if this is a deal where Sabian's going to put over Miro and he just gets tired of this bullshit, then cool. But as of right now, it's kind of like fair to Midland. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, the recrowned super face anti-hero Cody Rhodes. Yes, he is. He's defending. So he defended against one of the most over uh, talents on the promotion, freshly squeezed. And it was a cool match. I think they were, you know, they're both good and they could put on good matches. So I enjoyed the match. Obviously, I don't really think there's going to be a lot of legs on a Cody freshly squeezed. Yeah, they're doing one more match and it's going to be a um, lumberjack match. And, I mean, because the Dark Order... See, this is where it doesn't make sense. So, the, they, the Dark Order was saying that they are going to interfere because, as you know, they're fighting with the Nightmare family, which is Cody Rhodes' stable. Right. And so, the Dark Order was threatening to interfere. So, what do they do? They make it a lumberjack match where everyone can interfere. <laughs> so, I that one yes. had me scratching my head a little bit, but whatever. Uh, we had the main event with uh, John Moxley and Lance Archer uh, for the AEW title. Moxley took the win. And it would set up a feud with Eddie Kingston. But with this, here's the thing. As a John Moxley fan, I've said this before, that I think his time with the belt has been done. And we know that Eddie Kingston is not going to be strapped unless they throw you a fucking crazy-ass curveball. But I don't think they're going to go that far. Because we'll talk about it later in the um, thing. Right. So, but, I, I did like how it, was, it wasn't an overly long match or something. It, did, it didn't need to be because both guys, that's not their strong points. Let me ask you a question. Is there really a difference now between the Moxley anti-hero character and Cody Rhodes? Not really. I mean, they're basically doing the, the same, same things. Thing, they're yeah. using different foils, so it's Lance yeah. Archer or it's Brody Lee. Yeah. But they've kind of... They're not faces. They're not heels. I don't know what like, Cody Rhodes is doing because it's like once you see him doing like heelish things, like doing push-ups in the match, and then he cuts a babyface promo. So it's just like, this is the thing. It's like, there's nothing wrong with being cut and dry you don't need to have a roster full of anti-heroes if the anti-hero is going to be mox let him be the only one and it's like cody i like i think he's done what he needed to do as a baby face and it'd be perfect as a heel he's a good heel he can he's one of those few wrestlers that can go both ways and yeah. so just they're getting caught they're they're getting they're getting into some sticky situations and like i said the one of the things that brings the crowd to wrestling is you have someone to cheer and have someone to boo when you have the crowd like not everybody can watch like bobby and i you know what i mean make our own decisions and when the crowd doesn't know who to cheer and who to boo you they get confused and then it turns into apathy is what that's what you don't want right right but you know uh what I'm not apathetic about, and we got to see on this Wednesday's edition of Dynamite, was the return of the cleaner. Yes, and man, everything from the intro to the sort match, and just to how he's been carrying himself. Raise been, my arm. Yep, Raise my arm. It's been really, really good. I, I, so what happened was he's supposed to go up against Joey Janelle. This is the first round to. It's the first round of the tournament to crown a number one contender to the face John Moxley. So the opening match was supposed to be Kenny Omega and Joey Janela. Joey Janela could not perform in the match because he was exposed to someone during COVID. So his tag team partner, Sonny Kiss, replaced them. And right off the bat, it was a squash. He caught a knee to the face, one winged angel, and that was it. He had the guy raise his hand, and then he picked him up, Sonny Kiss, gave him a hug. It was a very condescending one. 
you know, but it was good. It was just moving the pieces on to this, um, what Kenny Omega's character is turning into. A lot of people were mad that he squashed Sonny Kiss, but here's the thing. If we're doing this, Kenny Omega's here. As good as Sonny Kiss is in the ring, he's leagues below him. So that match, if it, and if it would have been a competitive match, people would have bitched too. So that match did what it was supposed to do to move along the character and the storyline. Right. And like we were talking, we alluded to earlier, uh, Omega and Moxley didn't get to have their match right. because of the bursitis, uh-huh. the, the elbow injury yes. that Mox had. Granted, Omega and Pac in that pay-per-view put on okay. one hell of a match. Stellar match, yeah. Uh, but I think now we're going to actually get the payoff, and we're going to get Omega-Moxley, and it's going to be really good. And I think and if they're holding out this long, if they're holding out Moxley with the belt this long, I think, and I, I will predict, and I think this needs to happen, that Omega will be the one to take the belt away from him, and he, and he will continue his feud with Hangman because that finals match between him and Hangman, that's where some dirt's going to happen. Just yes. predicting. Yes, and overall, we've, especially Xander, has kind of bitched about how Kenny Omega has booked himself. Yeah. Um, not as much as how he's as badly as he's booked the women's with- division, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it's time for him to like reassert himself as as good as he is. He's one and... of the best wrestlers on the planet, and yeah. he cannot just—he's just been another guy. If you're if you're like I've said this before, if you're gonna show someone, be like, if we came up to someone that's never really watched wrestling, they asked us, "Who do you like?" and we said Kenny Omega. If you showed him what he's been doing on AEW this past year, people are gonna be going, "Why?" Yeah, we're not, and I'm not even talking about his. Like, oh, he's expansion. a pretty good. He's yeah, an he's okay. Good. He's an okay tag team wrestler. Yeah, I guess. he's not okay. He's one of the best. Yeah. So. Um, another spot on last week's show, or the, you know, was Penta and Phoenix, uh, mm-hmm. Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix wrestled in another round of the opening of the tourney, the tournament, and it was as expected. It was, um, it was very good. There were some high spots, as is what's going to be known. Yeah, but I mean, Phoenix, they... Phoenix, Phoenix won, and um, I wouldn't have been mad at Penta Omega, which is what we're going to get because they were taping. And Phoenix apparently injured himself, so they're pulling him from the match for safety precautions. So next week, we're going to get Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr. for round two of the tournament. Yeah, which, you know, the match was very good. Yes. These guys are both exceptional wrestlers. Yeah. They're fantastic together. They're fantastic singles. Um, they're brothers. They know each other like the back of their hands. And we've know? also been talking about, like, you know, these guys need some singles push, you know. Yeah. Because the tag team division is so deep right now. Yeah, and... and, and yeah, but I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing with Eddie, hooking him up with Eddie Kingston because he yeah, is he's a the master on the mic, yeah, man. He's, a he's really good. But uh, we're 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 playing footsie with Jericho and MJF. I'm not like I'm not really in. I consider it a botch. I think you do too. Yeah, that that the musical segment was just man. I mean, I'm not on. It just, I get it. They're trying to do something different. It didn't work. And the people that, it's funny because the same people in AEW that were defending it, the people that, the fans, I mean, that were defending it, if WWE did something like that, they would be calling with their heads. They'd have torches and pitchforks. So it was just, it didn't work. It, it was a miss. It yeah, was a miss. Big miss. But, you know, it happens, though. It happens. Jericho pushes the envelope yeah. and he can be a bit silly sometimes. And yeah. not everything's going to be not, successful. It's not going to be a home yeah. Mimosa Mayhem match. Yeah. You know, not everything's going to be a home run. Which right. kind, but, um, this one is in, I had to put this down because this one really was, um, concerning to me. It's a spot and a botch. And I'm going to say it's mostly a botch because, so the tag, the main event was a tag team, like, uh, melee, me- melee. Or whatever. And so it was a good match because you had some good tag teams and you had the private party you had the dark order. You had the young bucks and then you had, who's the other team? Um, uh, uh, the, the blade. So here's a, it was a good match until this dark, the dark order guy got knocked out. 
They did a double team move on him and his hand was stuck in the air. He was on his back. He was not moving. And this is where I was concerning the referee. He's supposed to be the one looking around, seeing if these guys are all right. Did nothing. The butcher or blade pulled him to the side, pulled him out and tagged himself in. And then what I, what I'm concerned about is like, there's always producers in the back watching the match. Where was the ref to, to call this out? Or where was the producer to call the medical personnel out to take this guy out of the fucking match because he was out on his feet? Granted, the rest, like a lot of the wrestlers didn't know that were throwing him in. The guy was still taking bumps and he was out. And like that is beyond dangerous. And the thing is, this is not the first time this has happened in AEW. Coming off the heels of the Matt Hardy incident, like who, why, what are we doing? This is these guys as not just livelihood these are their lives and they know that right. i know wrestling's a tough game and i know it's not ballet but man that could have been avoided because it and like it could have been worse than it already was yeah they he luckily no reports of any yeah major issues but it's kind of very similar to the to the finn balor uh match where he got his jaw broken, broken yeah. you know it's like you the strong style and all of this stuff but you you're asking the performers to do it and they're going to do it. Then you, you as a producer, you're putting referees, you have people around the ring who are going to protect them from themselves. Right. And what was different about the Finn Balor thing? Yeah. The broken jaw is bad news, but the thing is like, he was still like coherent. Like this dude, the dude um, from dark order was not. Right. And then the fact that he was still part there, he was still trying to participate in the match was that should not even be happening. They should have either a stopped that match. Someone should have went, go home really quick. Or they should have just pulled that guy out. Right. You know what I mean? One of the two. I agree. Because, man, that could have been disastrous. I agree. But we are, you know, a good two weeks on AEW. They're starting to ramp up the storylines to their next pay-per-view, which is Full Gear. Yes. So they got that going on. And it's going to be interesting to see where they where they take some of these storylines. And obviously, we're big tournament fans. Yeah. So the singles tournament with Perfect. the ascendancy of the cleaner in on american soil uh is going to be great so i encourage everybody to pay attention and if you don't know who kenny omega is you could go back to our matches of the week definitely check out his match against ishii because it's phenomenal Uh, check out the history of the bullet club see what he did in new japan um there's a reason why this guy is who he is Uh, but we're gonna move on to because wrestling night america has two promotions and nxt has had some pretty solid stuff going on it it was solid i could nothing like nothing really groundbreaking or anything they just came out of a night off a nice takeover yeah the the we talked about the pay-per-view the pay-per-view was good um so uh, last week's matches i really liked the undisputed era versus Burch and lord yeah and and it continued to this week because Birch and Lorcan are our new tag, tag team, team champions. champions. They had um, they had Pat McAfee run in and do some interference. Um, he was the one, obviously, that took out Undisputed because they're supposed to be Brazango and Undisputed, and he systematically took them out. And so we have uh, Birch and Lorcan. I mean, I would have liked Brazango to have a longer run, but you know, we knew that they weren't going to be holding on to those things that long. And Birch and Lorcan have been like your blue chippers and they're not blue chippers but those guys they've been in the trenches and blue like, collar workers blue collar man. workers yeah blue there collar we go. Workers. and like they i'm glad they got to run with the straps and it's yeah. gonna be a good feud with undisputed yeah and the, i think they they put on two good matches back to back so yeah. good for them, good for them yeah. um i've got to you know 
Lorcan can be a bit of a complainer. Yeah. So, yes. you know, well, maybe Squeaky Wheel gets the, the grease, grease, and now he's got a title. He's got so. a title, so... Um, Really liked last week's Gargano versus Austin Theory. Yeah, I have a feeling that Theory and Gargano, he's going to be part of like Team Gargano because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's just it'll it'll be good to be have him under. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know Candice LeRae, she continues I think to perform yeah. pretty well. Again, like the deepest women's division. She surprised me with this heel turn because I always I've known her for a while. Like she's always been a natural baby face, but she's killing it right now. Yeah, and especially like teaming her up with her husband who is just he is an insufferable heel yeah he has a very punchable face he does and you know this is this is this is good because you've seen they tried this on the main roster with seth rollins and becky lynch and that was just a swing and a miss but this one's in a home run see triple h this is the difference between triple h's booking and the way vince books it because it's like People don't want to see, like, unfortunately don't want to see the happy couple together. Or if they want to see a happy couple together, they want to see people like LeRae and um, uh, Gargano, who you want to see them get their ass kicked eventually, not like just all happy dippy. So that's why it works. Right, right. Um, I did uh, not, like, it's weird they have such a great women's division, but last week's Tony Storm match was not Yeah, and that's because I can, I can attribute it to a couple things like a Aaliyah is only as good as who she's in the ring with. And while I'm saying that Tony storm is very good, but she hasn't wrestled in like eight months. Right. So there could be some ring rust there. So it was very clunky. Yeah. And I just, I, I didn't really dig it. So, um, I'm not really sold on Ember moon's return. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. And, I got to wait. wait and see. And see. I'm not, I'm, it's almost like they've gone to the well on this. The main roster wasn't for me. Yeah, I belong they, they in keep NXT. Doing it. They and it's keep like, doing okay, it, yeah. well, like, and then she didn't wrestle. Like, she just cut promos. Yeah, I so don't like that. So she finally got in the ring this week. Pretty decent match. Yeah. A little bit different than maybe people have seen her wrestle before. Yeah. Well, but, she's got to she's gotta kind of change her style up because she tore her Achilles tendon. Right. And, and, like, a lot of people don't even come back from that. So the fact that she's back is saying something. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I liked her. I thought she was good. And she's different. She's a different type of, like, female to – not because of the color of her skin. I'm just saying just because of how she's portrayed. Her character. Her character, you know what I mean? She's not your classic – women's wrestler which is good but i hope they do more with her on here because i think she's she left nxt too early anyway right so you know she can carry she's part of the people that can carry that division but yeah and one thing i'm really looking forward to is and i'm a mark for for dexter loomis Me too. and i really like damian priest yeah they just didn't work well together no and and so it didn't live up to my expectations they had a little bit of interference uh-huh. and stuff they um, probably did that um, on purpose and the thing is like as much as i've been liking damian priest lately he's just he needs to have someone in there to lead the match for him to do well. There's nothing wrong with that. There's just some guys that work like that. And Dexter Loomis is more like character based. So he can't, you know, the only way he can lead a match is if he is working heel because you can't, I don't, I have a hard time suspending my disbelief that this psychopathic guy is like working from underneath, which is right. and like, he and they went back and forth in the match. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying they're pushing it, him as a face. It was so. a little one-sided to priest though. Yeah. No. Like, and I didn't, and maybe that's why I didn't like it because I would like to see it. I don't think Loomis is a guy that works on, should work underneath. His matches need to be quick. They need to be story driven and they need to be like a couple. That's, that's how his character is. He's not in there to do like a Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, like 25 minute clinic <laughs> clinic you know? on how to, how to wrestle. Yeah, seriously. Like, no, so. I agree. I agree. Um, but like I said, uh, they're building up toward the, the Halloween, Halloween Havoc, Havoc, which is next or this coming Wednesday, I should say. Yeah, so that should be good. And then, really, I think one of the things I was most excited about is just finally seeing Kushida 
the Kushida, the Kushida that, that we, we know, needed, we yeah, that we to need see. to see, and it's awesome. And I like this feud with Kushida, Tommaso Ciampa, and uh, Velveteen Dream. It's got legs yeah. with the three of them. Well, and it all fits really well because, I mean, there's no real face. Yeah. Like, because. You know, Dream is a cowardly heel. He's uh, getting Champ, his come up. Champ is back to being a killer. Right. And Kushida is kind of in the middle. Like, he's been a little bit more aggressive. So it's like, right. there's no, like, clear cut. There's, like, a lot of shades of gray, like, in it. Yeah, which is good, because, like, the nuance sometimes is what matters, especially when you have a feud with three people. Yeah, Because exactly. you're not going to have the heel, the face, the, then, the, you know. The, yeah. So they can do a lot with it, and... I feel like NXT has done a good job of really juggling these multi-person feuds. Yeah. Especially over the last year good. or so. I mean, and there's continuity with that because Dream came in and he tried to double axel Kachita. He hit Ciampa. <laughs> Ciampa's pissed. It cost him the match. I love when Ciampa watched and he's like, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, so it was cool. good. Which, you know, they really struggled with Ciampa from yeah. from War Games. To what, right. Like, After Because he didn't really have these kind of like... Um, um, but like treading water, and they kind of like wrote him off, and uh-huh. they had the turn with Gargano, and I like how they brought him back. He needs to be a killer. He needs yeah. to be a crazy ass heel like and he is. He doesn't necessarily have to be going for the titles right now. No, he you doesn't. Know? Nope. Just reestablish his character and and how good he is. Yeah. And people, now that we're getting crowds back, hopefully uh, continue to hopefully don't get a setback. His character is going to be over. As yeah. Over. Oh yeah. Like so, he, he's one of those guys that's going to be cheered. So yeah. that's right. And if a... you haven't, you should check out his Instagram. Basically, his Instagram is just his workouts. Yeah. And all he does is talk about, like, and all the different stuff he does. And the dude he's seems shredded. to have a, an incredible work ethic. Yeah, he's shredded. Look at him. Yeah. I mean, the guy came back real early from neck surgery, so it's like, you know that guy knows what he's doing. Right, right. But that's the best night of wrestling. If you aren't watching on Wednesday nights, you should be watching on Wednesday nights. Um but we do have a, another pay-per-view coming up. Well, you know, we have pay-per-views coming out of our ass. I know. Like, I mean, it is insane how many yeah. pay-per-views are going on. But these things, pay-per-views are obviously very, very special. Yeah. Um, big deals. So we're going to have one every three, four weeks, maybe yeah. more so. But Hell in a Cell is now, what's coming yeah, out. I've always been against this pay-per-view because, to me, Hell in a Cell... It's one of those things that you use. Okay, for those of you that are out there that don't know what Hell in a Cell is, it's beyond a cage match. So you have a cage that's surrounding the ring versus the cage that's just on the ring with a, with no top. It's surrounding the ring, and then there's a top on the cage. So, you know, you can get out of the cage and fight outside the ring, but you're still surrounded. It's really cool. It's like um, bat, pat, uh, past Hell in a Cell matches, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, Triple H versus Undertaker, Undertaker or Triple H versus Batista, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Anyway, check those out. But it's, a, it's, it's supposed to be a period on a feud. Like, after people have been feuding for a long time, it's supposed to be the end of it. It's supposed to move it on. Now they've made it a pay-per-view, which has, like, watered it down tremendously. And you'll know what I'm talking about as we go through these matches. Yeah, and I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia. I put them in here, but I know they added at least one or two more. <coughs> Excuse me. But definitely the one I am most curious about, or the one I care least about, I guess, is I... Elias and, and Jeff, Hardy. Jeff Hardy, man. It's like... Yeah, they kind of just like slapped that one together. Yeah, and Jeff Hardy just came off, like, I thought a pretty uh, a compelling program yeah. and a great ladder match. It's like, and if this is a, if he's here to put Elias over, like... I well, mean, it's a regular Elias, match. Elias, has he, has he wrestled? He, no, he's been out. He's out with an injury. He was out with the injury. Because remember, they wrote him off when he got hit by the car. Right. So the continuity of the story was that Je- he thinks Jeff Hardy did it. So, but like Elias has been so 
Oh, Just, that was when Jeff Hardy was feuding with King Corbin or Sh- oh Sheamus. But it's like Elias has been so damaged character-wise that it's just like, this is not, I think it's almost too late to rebuild him because I don't care personally, and no. I kind of was a fan of the guy. That's what I was going to say. One of the reasons that it's just like, it it doesn't check any of the three no. boxes uh, of a compelling the, match. And, I, and it's like, I like Jeff Hardy. We both do. And it's just like, I just don't care about And he's about having him. a little bit of a career renaissance no, with that push. So no, it's because, like, and it's like, I don't, it's just, it's a little... I don't know what they're doing with this. Um, another match I don't care about is Otis versus The Miz, and it's for the Money in the Bank contract. The the Money in the Bank contract should not even be in Otis's fucking hands right he's now. He's not winning. He uh, he's not going. He's not cashing in and winning the title. No, fuck no. And neither like, and like neither should Miz. Honestly. But maybe it would be funny if he did try to like cash it's it in on Roman Reigns yeah. and just Roman Reigns just got his ass kicked. Yeah. So let's move on to stuff that we care about. Yes, which the one I care the most about is Bailey versus Sasha. Yeah, and here's why I have a little bit of a problem with this match, because. I, this is just what I've heard. I could be completely wrong, and I hope I am. That they wanted to extend this feud into WrestleMania. So if they're going to do that, that's a long. That's time a long from time now. from now. And Bailey's had it for over a year, right? Yeah. Okay, so maybe they're not. Hopefully they don't. But I've been liking ba- uh, Bailey's title run. She's been a great heel. Longest reigning SmackDown Women's uh, Champion in her second, second reign. reign. And I like Bailey. I, I like Bailey. Yeah, but okay. If this, if Sasha wins, this should be the end of the feud. It exactly. should be done. It should be done. If they go on the feud again, they fuck this whole thing up. Because it's hell in a cell. It should be over. Right. Right. And I feel like the next two big matches, they these are the end of these feuds. Yes. McIntyre and Orton. That's going to be the end no matter who wins. No matter who wins. And I'm looking forward to the match. I'm sure it'll be it's good. It's going to be good. They, they've be had good. a good program. Yeah. Like, I, I, as much as people have been down on McIntyre, which I don't even know why, I thought he's been a good champion. Uh, he's been champion since WrestleMania, so he's had a nice reign. Orton has been a great heel. I don't think he should win the belt. I don't think he should win it. I, no. I have a slight feeling he might because they really want to set this up for him and Edge, which I don't think is necessary. You know, what I mean? you don't need the title. You don't need a title for him and Edge. Right. It already writes itself. And so, and really, it'd be un, I think it'd be a disservice to Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I think so. We're again like he's gonna lose it on a big stage. So you can't lose the title at Hell in a Cell. And, like no, no, and especially because he's like Randy Orton doesn't need to be strapped. No, not he's at a this Hall point. of Famer. Yeah. Like, we know how many titles he's had. Yeah, that, Unless you're really going to make the thing... But, and, like, the thing is, who are is they going to... Is he going to be the guy who breaks Ric Flair's yeah. record? But, but who are they going to... And if, even if he's transitional, who do, they don't have anybody on deck that's going to beat him. And if McIntyre just beats him in another rematch, then, then this whole thing is moved. Then don't right. have it. No, so I feel that uh, McIntyre goes over. Good match. I'm sure there might be good. There may be some shenanigans with some legends. Yeah. Possibly somebody maybe super kicking or wooing. They I don't already know. did it last time, so I, I don't know, know what but, they're going to do this time. Well, WWE is famous they, for... They, 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 they will go back to that well. They sure will. As long as there's water. Yeah. And then obviously the main event. and uh, Storyline-wise, I'm looking forward to this a lot because... <laughs> I'm not looking for the match necessarily, but like I, it's just going to be interesting how they move forward. Like I have I ever been compelled with a Roman Reigns program? No. I mean maybe maybe the Shield versus the, uh, no, but I'm talking Roman Reigns as a single. No, no, no of course not, not at all. Yeah. No, because it's hard to be compelled when they're shoving it down your throat. Like uh-huh, it's like you're being uh-huh. waterboarded but with this, Roman Reigns yeah. juice. But this is, I mean, this is a pretty good storyline that it's they good. have going. And it's cool seeing Jey Uso get a little bit of a singles yeah. push, build his character. Yeah. And, you know, 
they've been the Uso. We've loved the Uso Penitentiary. Yeah. They're workhorses, man. They are. And they, they, those guys can go. And like I said, so what happens is it's a Hell in a Cell I quit match. A stipulation on top of the stipulation. Fantastic. So if Jay Uso loses, he and Jimmy will have to take orders and acknowledge Reigns as the tribal chief. Well, we know Reigns ain't getting rid of that fucking title anytime soon. Oh, they're, not, he's not, yeah, he's, they're not. And he's not dropping it. He's to, not dropping to it to Jay Uso. Uso. You know, no, no offense. offense. Like, but so they're gonna. So here's how I see this working out. Jay and Jimmy are going to be the whipping boys for Reigns, and they're going to be disgruntled for a minute, but it's going to slowly, they're going to slowly get it, and then, you know, it's it's that old Stockholm Syndrome thing, Mm -hmm. so they're going to finally get it, and then they're going to turn heel along with Reigns, and they're going to, we're going to finally have this bloodline stable that we've been talking about done the proper way. Right. And it's just like, and hopefully, you know, maybe they can um, finagle Jacob Fatu away from, like, MLW, and they can have him in there, but that's just wishful thinking. And maybe, maybe Samoa Joe, I know he's not, he's not a man of why, but. I don't think he's going to be be wrestling but nah. he would be a good manager be a good manager for him replace yeah. i could see replacing Heyman with him with him yeah he's good on the mic uh, he's great on the like, mic he's, he's one of the reasons like i can watch like raw <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know? hey and that actually i didn't mention but i really like uh wade barrett on commentary he's great for NXT. he's great well the guy's always been good on the stick but he's yeah. great on he's great on nxt that nxt team they have like Beth Phoenix is good. She's there in little spots, but like um, Wade and Vic Joseph, I think mm. that's the guy. Very good. That's yeah, been, really like, like that. I liked Morrow, but there's times where he was too over the top. Vic is pretty. He's very midland, and Wade Barrett fills in those spots like really nicely. So it's yeah, good. It's a it's good, good team. And so that wraps up our preview for this. Um, kind of thinking back to anything else. Uh, I guess the things that really disappointed me. Um, this whole retribution story is Oof, atrocious. It's dead in the water. Like it's you, dead in the water. Obviously, I've now realized that the one good writer on WWE is obviously Q. Uh-huh. He's the guy making the Q nod because he's the only yeah. good writer. Because nobody else can write a good fucking story. No. And like this retribution thing. I'm the hacker. Well, what the hacker? I don't even remember the hacker. Yeah, nobody remembers <laughs> that. What, and what it's just like, and then the way they treated them this past week, it's like. It's like first from giving them contracts, first from like making them exclusive to Raw. Now they're fucking jobbing, and now that's like um, Mustafa Ali. Like I could have had like I could have had like I could have went with it, but then after the way they were treated this week, it's just like no, they're done. Yeah, you just got wiped out by the fiend. Yeah, like, one person wiped you all, you guys out. Yeah, it's just then, terrible. And then on top of that, we have Keith Lee, another NXT um, casualty, taking pins, and in a program with Braun Strowman, who's another guy that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, like, like, and they've done that. It's not his fault. They did that to him. Yeah, they totally did that to him. And he, breakout wrestler of the year. We were a big fan. I mean, him and Matt Riddle, all the good work they did in NXT. They yes. both come to the main roster. And I get maybe Matt Riddle's getting punished a little bit because because rumors in the back the backstage yeah, heat. He he's, got, he's got heat. I know. But yeah. Keith Lee, like, yeah. what are you doing? Uh-huh. Like. It's just terrible. So, luckily, because this is probably the most influential wrestling podcast on the planet, I expect once once the certain people listen to this, we're going to start hopefully seeing some changes. Usually that with, does happen. With Keith Lee. I mean, Kenny Omega's changing his character because he listens to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So. I mean, it's they have potential for some good stuff, but they just can't seem to fucking do it. Like, um, we'll get, I no, mean, they just keep writing stories for the... For, 
Mysterio's yeah, versus stop. Seth Rollins. I don't understand like, why that had to carry that, over to SmackDown. To the draft. It's like, like we're it, drafting all of you to it's, continue. It's like, it. it's like talk about like a work. Jesus Christ. I know. Like, I've been t- done. I've been done with that feud for a long time. Now I've been done. With, we've been done with Seth Rollins for years. <laughs> I know. Like, trust me. Go uh, back. Go back and go. Yeah. Maybe we'll just do a clip show and just do all of us talk. Just it'll be an hour talk of us about talking Seth shit Rollins. About Seth and it's Rollins. a good thing Charlotte's not here because she'd be a big part of that too. You know what? Uh, yeah. I'm really glad because I can only imagine how Charlotte would throw her, stick her nose in this Banks Bailey business and get the title. Yeah, like she would come from the ring or somehow get in edge. So I read this funny thing on Twitter because everybody, some guy um, was, and you can follow me on uh, Hob Zander on the Twitter machine. Um, This guy was like, "Does anyone here miss Charlotte?" I was like, "No, I don't." But that being said, when she does come back, she will have the title, and someone's like. Um, you don't even know, bro. The title disappeared from Oscar's waist, and it's around Charlotte's shoulders. And I had to pop and give that guy a like. It was funny. I don't remember his name, but when I find it, I'll give you props. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's awesome. I also liked uh, on Instagram, which you can follow me at, at WrestleOcalypse. Um, and you're on Instagram. Yep, Xander Hobbs. Right. And uh, this guy I follow, it's like Bro Wrestling. He's like a meme guy. He's very good. And he had this one. It was like uh, Undertaker, I want to say behind... Um, AJ, AJ Styles, Styles. Yeah. and his was he was it was Undertaker was like all the AEW and NXT super fans who want me to like one over the other, and yeah. then it, AJ Styles smiling he was like it's me actually just liking both both. Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. That's actually really good, which That's I really funny. like. So yeah. props to you, I saw on Bro Wrestling on the Instagram. If you like wrestling and you like funny shit, you should check him out as well. On that note, we're going to leave you with a sick tune. We're going to take a powder, and we're going to come back with the coolest shit this side of the Mississippi. You heard. <laughs> Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, and the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? Cool motherfucking shit. And we got some cool shit for you this week. And we always start with... Special Delivery, the motherfucking mailbag. We got some good ones for you today. I'll start this one off. This one's from Tony the Tiger. Look at that. Even the Frosted They're Place mascot. They're great. Frosted Place mascot listens to the WrestleOclipse, so keep it up. I really enjoyed last week's Eddie Van Halen tribute. I know you guys are into music, so who would be on your Mount Rushmore of guitar players? Well, that is a very, very... It's a personal question. Yeah. It depends on what you value. It depends value, on what you like. What it's, you like. It's very subjective. So I'm not even going to go on my Mount Rushmore because I'm not even going to attempt that with all the loads of good guitar players out there. I'm just going to tell you the four influential guitar players that influenced me in my life. So, obviously, there was Eddie Van Halen. Um, the number two, I'm going to have to go with Jimi Hendrix. I mean, the guy, with what he was doing in the 70s, you know, 60s, 60s and yeah. 70s, um, was just ahead of its time. The guy didn't know how to read music. The feedback that he was using, nobody was ever doing that. And that, that guy's another guy that stands the test of time. Another guy I'm going to use is um, Dave Mustaine. He's, uh, he plays guitar, and he is the founder of the band Megadeth. He also played in Metallica. And on all their good albums yes and so if you listen to his rhythms and his songwriting arrangement the guy is just brilliant he's just 
the way he moves on that thing is just second to none. And then the last one I'm going to put is Dimebag Daryl, just because he brought out a new style of playing guitar. He kind of like took some elements of thrash metal and like 80s metal and then moved it into this groove style that was really popular in the 90s. Um, good hits are like the, the whole Far Beyond Driven album, mm-hmm. Vulgar's Way of Power, The Great Southern Trend Killer. Check those out. So those are my four. Bobby, yeah. what do you got? Um, they could all easily be on mine. And obviously Jimi Hendrix, right? But so just to highlight four other guitar players that I think are equal to them would be uh, Steve Ray Vaughan. Yeah. I mean, I think Dave Mustaine is probably the only guitar player I've heard who could even, like, touch Stevie Ray as a rhythm guitar right, player. Right, right. You know, so Steve Ray Vaughan, when you listen to Double Trouble and some of the things he did, and then you see his interviews and you realize how much Jimi Hendrix, like, influenced him and... Like, he played such heavy strings. Yeah. It was insane. Like, he got how he could get that sound. Um, I think number two may, may be weird for some people, but um, Prince. No, that's not weird at all. <clears throat> Prince is as good a guitar player that has probably ever lived. Like, um, and one of my favorite things, if you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they um, induct George Harrison... At the very end, you know, they have all these inductees, and George Harrison obviously had passed away already. Um, so they had his son up there, and they're playing My Guitar Gently Weeps, which originally the guitar solo was played by Eric Clapton, a great guitar player. Not going to make it on my list today, um, but great guitar player. And Prince comes out and plays that solo. Shreds it. And Eric Clapton wishes he could play that guy. Yeah, <clears throat> serious. So good. And so, the versatility that Prince has is just, he can play, he can like, he can play anything. Yeah. Yeah, number three, Randy Rhodes. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, because he influenced entire generations of guitar players. And again, like, maybe I'm just drawn to it, but the rhythms that he could play, you yeah. know? Rhythm's <clears throat> a big part. Like, it's not always just about, like, who can play what solo and how fast. Right. Rhythm. Sometimes a really good rhythm beats out a guitar solo. And guys like Rhodes and Mustaine and stuff like Jeff Hanneman, like, have shown that. Like, so, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. And for my fourth... Um, I'm probably gonna go. This is the is the tough a, a tough toss up, but I'm gonna probably lean towards David Gilmore. He's a good guitar player. He's a great, He's guitar, a great player. guitar player. Don't love all of Pink Floyd. No, me neither. Stuff. But I respect him as a musician and yeah. just totally unique, totally influential. Awesome. Uh, you uh, you know when you're hearing a David Gilmore, yeah, for sure. which is important and in it, music. And like, yeah. I don't know too much about Pink Floyd, but one of my favorite solos, just favorite solos in general, like on my you know list, is the Time solo, the solo for the song Time. Like that is a great guitar solo. Like talk about doing a lot with just a little. Mm-hmm. That one's a good one. So yeah, thank you. Great question, Tony the Tiger Eye. We'll get a bowl of Frosted Flakes in me at some point. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> My guy, your guy, this guy, Brock Heyman guy, asks us, Greetings from the East Coast. I enjoyed the Van Halen episode. Seems like a theme. Van Halen is one of my favorite bands. You guys being from Cali, what are some of your favorite Van Halen songs? All of them? Yeah. I mean, well, you could easily go back into um, our last episode, and those were some of Bobby and I's favorite right. songs. Like, and now, just in case you don't know the songs, like, it opened up with Mean Street. That would be used that for our intro. Um, the um, the interlude song was I'm the One, which is very cool. 
Um, our, my walkout tune was House of Pain, which is the last song off 1984. Bobby, yours was Running with the Devil. Yep. And then we ended it with Panama. Panama. Yeah, that's but, where we were recording from. Yeah. So, um, but to, to but just to put a few more kind because of, there's so many. Like, Van Halen does not have that many bad tunes. Like No. And if you're into guitar, all of them are good, because yeah. Eddie's doing something amazing on uh-huh. every song. Um, it's just like, I like, I could go from, you know... What is it? Romeo Delight. That's off Women and Children first. I mean, I, you guys know all the hot for teacher stuff, so I'm not going to go through those ones. Romeo Delight. Um, Women and Children first is a very underrated album by them because they've had so many good albums, but that one's really good. So you should just check that out front to back. Um, Little Guitars is really cool. Um, and then, like, you know, I'll even pull this one out from uh, from Unlawful Carnal Knowledge with Sammy Hagar. The song Judgment Day is really cool. It's got a cool fucking 90s rocking song uh, tune to it. Pound Cake's a pretty cool song. It's just like, what was cool about Eddie Van Halen is they, they could play, like, any type of music, and it just happened that they just had the best guitar player of our generation playing for them. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm probably more of a... I think in for me Van Halen I I know and like more of the that pop hits. Yeah, I mean you know the ones that because that's what I I wasn't really until I really got into the guitar I wasn't really into Van Halen. Right. And then once you get into the guitar and you start to going down that rabbit hole, exactly. so you're like oh, and then you get into Eruption, right? I swear to God, every person who's playing the guitar at some point thinks like, oh, I I think I can learn how to do yeah. that. It gets you know? it gets hairy because I remember I had it when I was playing guitar a lot. I had it down for a little bit, and then it just gets into this one part where I just go, okay, um, this is a little above my pay grade. So. Yeah, but like definitely Hot for Teacher, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the devil, Atomic Panama, Punks, um, Jamie's Crying. Um, um, Dude, Jump. Jump yeah, is jump a good is song. Cool. Like, uh, I love me some pop music. So Ain't talking about love. You can keep going. We can, we, yeah. we can keep going. Yeah, and obviously my guy, your guy, Brock Heyman guy, you know, Van Halen's one of your favorite, favorite bands. bands. So, so yeah. I'd be interested to get back at us and you tell us what, tell your, what your favorite, favorite songs, songs are. are. So yeah, if you're hearing this, which you are, let us know. Yeah, definitely. All right, this next one, and it's not really a question. It's not a first thing it's, I not, it's not even a question, but I'm going to go over it anyway because yeah. it's so ridiculous. This is from Big Match Juan. And he says, oh boy, I got to take a deep breath for this. He goes, I think the problem with wrestling today is that there are too many small guys and no one looks like a wrestler. That's well, I already have so many problems with that. I think wrestling needs to go back to bigger guys that actually look like they can win with a fight. You know what? I, I'm going to be nice today because I'm in a good mood. But there are so many discrepancies I have with this, besides it not even being a question. So, too many small guys. No one looks like a wrestler. First of all, Bobby, what? how do you look like a wrestler? Well, so, I mean, are we talking about, like... Andre the Giant? Or are we talking about Johnny Gargano? Or are we talking about Hulk Hogan? Or the British Bulldog? Or are we talking about Bam Bam Bigelow? Stone Cold Steve Austin? The Undertaker? Earthquake? Um, Yokozuna. I think that's who he's talking about, actually. Yokozuna. So sumo all wrestlers. Re- all sumo wrestlers, because they all do look the same. Right. They actually do. They do look the same. All right, so here's the deal with that. Looking like a wrestler and looking like you can win a fight it's... and winning a fight are the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life because you could just go out to mixed martial arts and you see any of those guys walking down the street. Lots of those guys don't look like they win a fight, but they will tie you up before you even know what's going to happen. So there's that. And who gives a shit if someone's not 6'3 and ripped? Um, so since there's too many small guys, then guys like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the Dynamite Kid... Um, you know, you could even say Steve Austin. 
I mean, Mick Foley doesn't look like a wrestler, right? I mean, um, well, maybe Jude Love does. Yeah, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, those none of those Adam guys. Cole. Adam Cole. I mean, Daniel AJ Bryan. AJ Styles. So those guys aren't good, right? Because they're small. Give me a break. If you're good, it doesn't matter. Hold on a second. The biggest problem I have with this is you don't establish what the problem with wrestling you right. feel it is. I feel, we feel, we've explained. There's, trust me, go to the archives. We've put it on wax for over a year what we think some of the problems with wrestling yeah. are. It's never about the physique Six. of the wrestling. Yeah. It's about the stories. It's about bad booking. It's about making bad decisions. It's about taking your roster to Saudi Arabia. It's about a million other things. Rey Mysterio does not look like a wrestler. No. And that guy's a Hall of Famer. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Eddie, you know? Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero was 5'8". Benoit. Benoit. I mean, you can just go down the list of guys. I mean, the maybe he w- just likes the great, uh, the great Kali. Yeah, that's who he probably yeah. is. Because the Ultimate wrestling. Warrior was shredded, but he couldn't wrestle his way out of a wet paper bag. He was over as fuck. Or take or do promos. Yeah, Goldberg, he's got two moves. Like he's over, but he's got two moves. Like just because you're big doesn't mean that it's good. I mean, guess Sting, I mean Sting's a big Sting's, dude. He's a big dude. Sting's but a big guy. Trent, like he doesn't look like yeah. a wrestler. But it's just like, look at dude. Bobby Lashley is one of the biggest, most intimidating guys, and probably can kick my ass. But if that, if, if that guy, if if the big guys were the issue, those guys wouldn't be boring as fuck. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, the only reason Bobby Lashley has any kind of thing, and no offense to Bobby, I don't have a problem with you, but like the only reason why he's doing half as well is because he's got MVP talking for him. Exactly. Who doesn't even really look like a wrestler Which either. Which is also why Lance Archer, who is a monster, or Brian Cage, yeah. are doing anything is because Taz doesn't look like a wrestler. Yeah. John Moxley doesn't look like fucking. I mean, Rob Van Dam, he's pretty big. He was a big dude. All right. But yeah. Yeah, here's my point it doesn't matter what your physiques are. If you're good, you're good. Yeah, and honestly, if you think that's the problem with wrestling today, just just spend your $9.99 and go back and you can watch all of the shit from WWF long ago and don't worry about what's happening put your head in the sand you flamingo <laughs> all right um did you did I, I read the last one yeah blood you. and guts <clears throat> first off i enjoy the show and look forward to listening thank, thank you, you so much we really appreciate that um we also appreciate you taking the time to throw us a question what do you guys think of kurt angle saying that john cena is the greatest superstar of all time do you guys agree if not who do you think is what do I think about it? Well, I think Kurt Angle is Kurt Angle, and I would probably argue that I don't know if John Cena was a better superstar than Kurt Angle was, to be honest. Um, I think I think if I think you can make a case, depending on what your criteria is, that John Cena is right. Yeah. Well, look he at sold Kurt, the most shirts. He did the most uh, Make Wish Foundation things. He all of the stuff that we uh, before our podcast we were complaining about John Cena yeah. being. Um, m- my thing about John Cena, the reason he could never be the greatest superstar is he never put anybody over. Yeah. And the greatest superstars, which we're going to probably talk about a few of them, there are instances where every single one of them put somebody else over. And John Cena never once put anybody over. I mean, And, like and he never turned heel. Even Roman Reigns turned right. heel. And like I said, Kurt Angle, I do respect you know, Kurt Angle. He's a legend in the business. But it's like, greatest superstar of all time? I'm I'm sorry, just off the top of my head, Hulk Hogan would like you to hold his beer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Hulk Hogan changed wrestling. Steve Austin changed wrestling. The Rock. I mean, the only reason Cena was on top for as long as he was is because it's a work, and the machine allowed him to be on top. Putting a shirt out every week 
You know what I mean? I'm putting a different shirt out every month so he could sell it. Of course he's going to sell shit. You know what I mean? John Cena, you know, I don't have a problem with him, thankfully, because he's gone. But it's just like he was part of the reason why people were leaving, uh, people weren't watching wrestling and leaving in droves. Because it was the same shit over and over again. And the guy, yeah, he was a serviceable wrestler. I'm not going to go as far as saying he sucks. But to say he's the greatest of all time, God, that's a stretch. Like, Chris Jericho, I'll take Chris Jericho. I'll take. We've talked about multiple times yeah. about how at this point, with everything Chris Jericho has done, it's very hard not to consider him the best. Right. And if not, because Hogan... With the NWO thing, I mean, Hogan is... Hogan had a like, career renaissance with yeah. NWO. Hogan did it two times, dude. Right, but, like, but like Chris Jericho, everything from I mean, New the, Japan to, to AEW. To WWF, WCW, yeah. Quite the amazing career. Yeah, the fact know. that he's not stale, you know what I mean? Like, he just... Anytime something of his gets over, he switches it up again. I know you might think about where Mark's a Jericho on here, and, you know, we are big fans, but, like I said, it's a very... That is a very, like subjective question and just to say that John Cena is the greatest there's a lot of holes in that argument and even if it is Kurt Angle saying that I'm sorry but I respectfully disagree yep yep sorry Kurt yeah by the way nobody's uh doing your system anymore was oh, it the three, the three eyes, eyes? Yeah. nope nope this next one is from the big dog believe that. I wonder if it's from Roman Reigns himself. Of course it is. I yeah. heard he listens. Yeah. It says, with the New Day splitting and Big E rumored to have a big singles push, do you guys think the WWE will go through it, or will they do their usual giving up on it as soon as Vince changes his mind? Thank you for the content. Well, you're very welcome. Yes. And good luck to you in your, um, your Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, if you are really the tribal chief, you need to be bringing people together. Yeah. Not not, not splitting, splitting them, apart. them apart. Just some food for thought. Just food. Hey, hey, dog food. Dog food. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember when they fed them dog when food. When they were just the whole dog food Yeah, thing. the dog food thing. It's because oh, Luchasaurus was really over and they wanted an animal. I guess so. Right? That's true. <laughs> but um, as far as this goes with the Biggie, I think Biggie is way overdue for a singles push. The guy is, he checks all three boxes. He's... He's got the presence, he's got the look, he can talk on the mic, and he can go in the ring. And he's like, he seems like he'd be a good ambassador for the company. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, do we think they'll go through it or not? Because it's like, usually they stop and start so many things, so I'm not very confident in it. I heard he's like, their people are high up in him, but I don't know, that's just a rumor. I hope they go through with it. That's as far as I'm going to get into it because he deserves it. I think he should be a champion, dude, to be honest with you. He was an NXT champion. Dude, you know what I think about him? He looks like a wrestler yeah. who could win a match. He does. His traps are ridiculous. His, yeah, and I'm sure he was – he, he was, well, he's an ex-power lifter, so there's that. Yeah, and one thing I want to say, it's like, you know, there's lots of times where people can be transitional champions and you yeah. can put them over and, like – Kofi Kingston was a perfect example. And sometimes what helps your organization or helps your sports team or helps your company is when you put over the person who's been there yeah. every single day and working and take and yeah. throwing pancakes when that's the gimmick and doing all that shit. Dude. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think Big E, I think the rumor is probably correct. I'm sure Vince likes his physique. Yeah, and, sure he's a bit, he's got that Vince look that right. Vince likes. Exactly. You know? So oh, You I, know what's funny before you go because somebody – because you know how I, I'm very, um, you know, just for the WrestleOclipse and the podcast, I'm very active on the internet just so I can gain, we can gain more listeners and stuff. And so everybody was on stage with the Big E thing, and some guy goes, 
well, he's not very big. Like I met him and he's like five, eight or five, nine. I was like, are you nuts? I was like, the guy's three hundred. He's five hundred, five foot nine. His shoulders. Yeah. I was like, five. the guy's three hundred pounds. That's not exactly small. He's like, well, he's just not. I was like, if he was called Tolly or like skyscraper E, <laughs> then I would see your point. <laughs> oh man! All right, so wow, that's just a lot man. of the shit that I have to deal with. You gotta laugh at it. But hey, if you want to send us questions, and even if you want us to read your stupid statements like above, yes, you can find me. Fun. You can find me at Xander Hobbs on the Instagram machine and Hobbs Xander's on the Twitter machine. Yeah. Bobby, where they, can they find you? At WrestleOcalypse on IG and Twitter. Um, but we've got a new segment. That's first though. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. This so new segment is part of, it's an offshoot, I guess, or maybe it's uh, because it's prescient times, but it's WrestleOcalypse Sports Zone. Uh, cue the music. Da -da -da, da -da -da -da. Number one thing the Lakers are once again the world champions yes. of basketball. And this was a, an especially special one because they brought that one home for Kobe. Yeah, they did. Also, um, you know, I was really worried that it would be like an asterisk type yeah, title, I know, I know. and I think it is. But I think if it's the other reason, like this isn't like the the Spurs bullshit strike short. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is something they, I mean, to the Bucks uh, striking with George Floyd and then and just everything, the social unrest and the bubble and COVID and going in, leaving your families and, yeah. and just doing work like. Is it the same as an 82-game season traditionally? No. No. But everybody had the opportunity. Well, like... Well, the, teams, just, the teams that belonged in there were there. So, you know. know what I mean? So, I that's what. That's why I'm not saying it's not an asterisk. And the thing is, like... And if you, you out there, whoever is ridiculous enough to think that, can go ahead and feel that way. But the thing is, what it says in the books is the Lakers are the two 2020 NBA champions yes. of the world. So. Indeed. And got to say, uh, if you didn't know how good Jimmy Butler is, you, I hope you do I now, you man. Because Jimmy Buckets is going to have a long, good career. I know. And I'm sure that Joel Embiid and all those dudes in Philly feel like idiots because yeah. you guys treat them like shit. Yeah. Like, and look boy, what he did. Talk yeah. about a one-man wrecking crew. Dude, it, they they would have gone under. The Lakers would have gone undefeated in the if, Mamba if, jerseys yeah. if there wasn't that extra day of rest. Uh -huh. And then... Jimmy Buckets comes was, out, and, like, yeah. he was so gassed at the end of that game. I know. Because he was carrying that whole he team. He carried the whole team, and you could see it when the Lakers closed it out that he blew his wad on that whole game. And, but like, had, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Lose? He had no help. Like, yeah, lose? Yeah, yeah. No, he he won game five. Yeah. They, they, you know. He had no help. Yeah, I mean, uh, really props to Jimmy Buckets. Love the Heat team. It was I would have preferred to demolish the Celtics yeah. to win number 17, but, too, but um, whatever. A we'll, win. Pro we'll probably catch them in a year or two. Yeah. Uh, to Draymond Green, who thinks that, like, oh, like, you guys are going to somehow roar back. First off, you've been terrible for about two years because mm -hmm. you've been reading your own hype. Yeah. You can't guard Anthony Davis. Um, so hopefully you guys will get, like, a lower seed and we'll see you early we'll see on. You but uh, I did appreciate I thought he was a good commentator. So yeah. on that note, we are in the midst of another battle for a title. 
Yep, we're in. The Dodgers have made it to the World Series, and we are beginning. Again. So game four is tonight. Mm. Well, by the time you get to it, it already would have happened, and right. hopefully it will be a win. Bobby is a lot. Um, I, I'm going to root for them because I'm from, you know, here. Uh, Bobby is a bigger uh, fan than I am, and so I'll give, it, give the mic to him. Yeah, man, just seeing uh, the big, most gratifying thing so far has been seeing Kershaw have such a good game one. Um, there's a book on him about can't get it done in the postseason and whatnot. Um, which unfortunately that you're a professional sports star, that's kind of the, and when you are probably the best pitcher of your generation, certainly best left-handed pitcher. I mean, I think Verlander, Verlander's got some rings and he's got some, some hardware too. But I mean, what they asked Kershaw to do for so long in his career was basically like, Hey, you may get a run. You may have to hit the home run to get that run, but that's all you're going to get. And he dominated. He did things that we haven't seen since Sadie Koufax. Um, so that was really gratifying. Last night, Walker Buehler is a gangster. He is the better pitcher. He's the best pitcher on the Dodgers. Um, so I feel like we're going to pull it out. I feel Mookie Betts is – he may not be as good as Mike Trout because Mike Trout is still a historically great yeah. player. But he is – it's 1A, 1B right. or very close. Um, you know, Bryce Harper has definitely fallen off. Again, reading his own hype, I imagine. Yeah, that's what that was. But I'm stoked, like, to, to, you know, 88 was the last time we held both these titles, and I think there's a chance this year. And, yes, sir. And it's a lot more fun to watch the Lakers win and the Dodgers play in the World Series than watching some of the things that are going on in the National Football League. Oof. Yeah, I'm just going to make it quick because I really don't have much to say because the playing and the record speaks for itself. Um, my, this season is pretty much a wash for uh, your boy and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, you know, usually... Fantasy's down. Fantasy's down. It's a, it's a down season, but it's all right. You know, you can't win all of them. And, it's, uh, and that's so 2020. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just par for the course. So we got some week seven of football. Um, we got some games going on. I haven't really checked it to be honest with you because I don't really care. No, but I think really the the big news is obviously Antonio yeah, Brown is on has somehow cleaned himself up. Yeah. Got not in legal trouble. Right. And of course he's going back to his ex teammate from the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, old man Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Seahawks continue to look like the best team in the NFC. Right. I think the Chiefs continue to look like yeah, the best, best team. team. Patrick Mahomes is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah so, there's not many games that I really am on deck for. Like, I mean, there's... The, Green Bay is dangerous. Yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh and Tennessee are playing. They're both 5-0, and so that should be... Someone's got to lose there. And then we got a bunch of division games, and then we got the Patriots in San Francisco and... Who's yeah. who, who's on the marquee games? Who's on the Thursday, Sunday, the, Monday? The, well, Thursday. Well, Thursday. Last Thursday this was Thursday was was the Giants and the Eagles, and I don't even know why the hell I would watch that <laughs> nonsense. So I, I guess sk- they're just trying to capture the ratings. Yeah, yeah I skipped that out one, but the um, oh the, no, because it was going up against the presidential debate, right, so they so knew no one wants to watch, watch it. it. Yeah. So the marquee game, the night game, is Seattle at Arizona. That's gonna be a good that's game. gonna be a good. That game. might be a like. We'll Maybe see, Super Bowl we'll preview. We'll see what happens. Yeah, NFC preview, you know, NFC championship. But other than that, it's that's that's all we have right now. Yeah. Um, we have a UFC coming up, but um, I got spoiled on that, so I'm not going to let you guys know. But anyways. it's They're going to hear it after. That's true. Yeah, so Khabib won, and he said he's retiring. Yeah, second round submission. Yeah. Uh, he just continues. Everybody. Nobody can beat that guy. Somebody's going to be the perfect opponent for him. So the rumor that I would be, the fight that I would be willing to buy is if GSP comes out yeah, and he goes, won't. no, I don't think either of them and, Well, because um, Khabib said he's retiring. Right, so. but like the rumor last week or the yeah. rumor of last week was 
he said like this fight and the only other fight would be that's it gsp yeah. Yeah. and gsp won't even move up and wait when you have the chance so like he ain't coming out of retirement to fight this guy who used to wrestle bears when he was a kid <laughs> i know right but he did like there's plenty of footage online yeah. i think we're joking he did no uh they do things differently in Dag- dagestan where yeah um but you know what we do differently a brand new segment to cool shit because that's what we do for you and i like this one right yeah because it's yeah. not just going to be wrestling based we're going to just pick we are four good things it's called pick get rid of one we're going to have four good things depending on our mood and we're going to get rid of one of them and just explain it to you why so which one do you want to do one or two so i'm which doing i'm doing one uh we are on a uh obviously with covid doing takeout and stuff uh betty rebel the prodigy and i we are going on a tour of our local our hometown of all of the mexican restaurants i've got a map we're marking it down so this one is get rid of one and it is tacos burritos enchiladas or quesadillas or quesadillas if you yeah, are yeah. a fan of that movie yeah which i am not anyway we agree to disagree yeah. mm. all right so i'll just i mean this is a tough one but for me out of those four i'm gonna dump the enchiladas just because while i have had some good ones the quesadilla the, the reason why i like tacos and burritos is because they are portable and, uh, and so, like, the quesadilla is still portable. And, like, I just feel you could get more bang from your buck from the three. You can eat a lot of tacos. You can get a lot of shit stuffed in the burrito. You get a lot of shit stuffed in the quesadilla. Enchiladas, you're not, it's not because they're bad. Those three are just better. So I'm going to uh, – I would get rid of the quesadilla, even though it's probably the thing I eat the most. The most. But the reason why is if I go to a local – uh, you know, Mexican restaurant, and I want to get a combo. I never get a combo with the quesadilla. I've never got. I'm getting either. a taco and enchilada combo, or a burrito and enchilada yeah, combo. I, I with the beans and the rice. I usually jam a lot on burritos when I go. Well, burritos Mexican. are my. That's my weapon of choice. Yeah, that is. That's that. That one's that one's staying there. Yeah, you know I, mean? I know. Like I do like tacos, but I'd rather have a burrito. Dude. I would too. I'd rather have a burrito. I would too. And I like the burrito because it's like it's a it's an entire meal. Yeah, You're getting everything. Y- yeah, seriously. Like a taco, taco, you have to eat like ten of them. Right, right. And tacos are good. Like, like I would prefer a fish taco. Like I like a fish or like a shrimp taco versus. Like, I want to get a shrimp burrito. No, not a shrimp burrito. Not often. I, yeah, like like the carnitas tacos are good, but lots of the times I go to carnitas and they're dry, mm. so it's just like it's hard to gauge that. But yeah, a burrito you can never go wrong with some mm. carne asada. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. We're going to save this, save this one. For yeah, definitely, because yeah, right. I've got opinions on that one, too. Get, yeah, me too. All right. But once you're filled up on your tacos, burritos, enchiladas, or quesadillas, whichever one you want to get rid of, you should watch the match of the week. Because it is. It's, it's a killer, dude. Wow, it's a it banger. So it was so good. It's a banger. So we're going to go back to just 2019 to MLW, which I will be talking about. It's called Major League Wrestling. It's Court Bowers promotion. And I will explain it more um, in our watch of the week. But um, this is, it goes back to the, it's the finals of the Opera Cup. So the Opera Cup is something that Stu Hart, he, um, that's been the Hart family for years. And Davies Boy Smith Jr., who is um, Bret Hart's nephew, the British Bulldog's son, he decided to bring back the tournament. And so the finals ended up being him against Brian Pillman Jr., who is Brian Pillman's son. Another legacy wrestler. Yeah, another legacy wrestler. These guys, and it was funny because um, David Boy Smith, the way they pe- planned this tournament, the matchup, David Boy Smith was the favorite. He's, um, I mean, if you watch his... He's a specimen. His, yeah, if you watch his dad, his dad was more of a bruiser, like um, a hard-hitting guy. David Boy Smith Jr. is more of a technical guy. I feel like he's bigger than his dad. He's bigger than his dad. He's taller. He's taller. Yeah, he's taller. And he's a technical guy. He can run. Yeah. He out, he's, he's 
a wrestler. And this match showed that. Yeah. And then Brian Pillman Jr., he's pretty young. And so he kind of like scraped and clawed his way to the finals. And they, this is what we're talking about telling stories in the match. And they told a great one. Go ahead. Well, I was also going to say, like, also running up to it. So Davy Boy Smith, Hart Foundation. Yes. Pillman Jr. was a member of the Hart Foundation. So yeah. this is similar to like the, the Phoenix and, you know, yeah. In the end, you had two teammates essentially yeah, going up against each other for right. the for the title, yeah. which I thought was added a little bit of you know why do we care exactly, right? and it was a good back and forth match. Um, Davy Boy was um, Pillman was fighting from underneath most of the time, and you know he kept finding ways to kick out and finding ways, and then you know uh, in the proverbial match, uh, both, uh, Davy Boy just got tired, put him out. And, um, submission, one submission, by submission. One by submission, and um, the, he brought the Opera Cup back to the Hart family. Great, great match. You can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest if you like good wrestling, good storytelling, that's the one to watch. If you don't like flippy-dippy stuff, you that's, will love, love this. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is – it's just really good. Um, it makes me mad. I feel like Pillman Jr. just signed with AEW, and – I would like to see, like him, to see more. him doing more. But he was just in like a battle royale. Yeah, or something. he's doing a lot of dark. Like he's on AEW he's dark, dark a lot. But, but like they don't, they don't realize where they have what they have. If they keep, I know they're not. They can't just put everyone to the front of the card. Right. But like, and the guy's still super young. I think he's like 25. Right. So he's got plenty of time. If they're doing this when he's like 32, then that's like okay, it's yeah. time to move on. But he's got. He'll pay his dues. And Davy Boy Smith Jr. He's big in Japan. And um, the MLW is going to be doing their restart fairly shortly. So. You'll see a lot more of him, and we'll be you'll be hearing a lot more of him because um, we'll be talking about it. Yeah, because what are we watching? We're watching, ML- watching MLW. I'm watching MLW. So I got a chance because I was online again, and I was just talking, and I was like, you know what? I hadn't gotten a chance to catch up with MLW because they had their little promotion run by Court Bauer. And uh, it, what's cool about MLW, what I like, is they are an, they have a variety, the most variety I think in whatever in any wrestling company. You know, because they have, like, Lucha Libre shit. They have technical wrestling matches. They have good storylines and, like, you know, good characters. It's just, like, there's something for everyone. And then, like, um, it's a very small promotion. Uh, Jacob Fatsu is the champion. The Von Ericks are there. You have Davey Boy Smith Jr. You have Pillman Jr. A lot of legacy wrestlers. You mm-hmm. have Al- um, MJF came from MLW. Alex Hammerstone, who's the next big thing. It's just a lot yeah, of... Hammerstone's dope. Hammerstone is dope. He's going to be a star. Jacob Fatu, part of the Y family. You know, it's just a lot of good stuff. And Court Bauer knows how to make these guys who are, like, kind of cast-offs and make them into something special. You know what I mean? Like, there's they have their high-flying matches. And then they have, like I said, we saw a technical, I saw a technical match with Davey Boy Smith Jr. and the first Simon Gosh, who was in the WWF. And they had no ropes. It was just an MMA-style match, and it worked. Right. So if it's all on YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Watch that. It's it's. I recommend it. Bobby, though, what are you watching? That's what yeah, I Yeah, well, what I, I just want to – we've talked about it before, but I, I also on the – so you should be watching YouTube. Yeah, that's what like – we've YouTube, been promoting it a lot. Especially if you're into wrestling. Um, the, the Ring of Honor stuff. Yeah, I, I was releasing, watching some of that last That they're night. releasing. You're getting a lot of really, really Jeez. solid matches. Yeah. And a lot of you WWE marks, you're going to see talent that you are rooting. You're like, oh, CM Punk. Yeah. Oh, Samoa Joe. AJ Styles. Yeah, all these you guys. Know, Daniel so, Bryan. And they had some cool gimmicks. They had that, like, the... the uh, six-sided ring uh-huh. like eight and i liked the, if you guys watch some of the wwe other ancillary programs 
you know, AJ Styles saying how he kind of liked that. It, like, it set it apart. It made it, it made unique. it different. Like, really, and it allowed them as performers, uh-huh. especially one of his caliber, yeah. to really express himself and and take advantage. Well, yeah, of and it. I just like when you give these guys. What I like about MLW and Ring of Honor is it's like an impact. An impact too. You have the promoters there promoting, like the people running it, and then you have the wrestlers, and you let them do what you're paying them for is to wrestle. I'm not saying let them call every single point of it, but not everything. There's a huge difference between watching MLW and um, Ring of Honor and Impact than, say, watching WWE or even AEW for that matter. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's just you. if you really enjoy, if you're a legit fan of the pro wrestling sport, you'll check those out. Exactly. What else am I watching? Um, I did, obviously, with the Lakers winning the title, I did watch this. Uh, it's called the Black Mama Mentality Documentary. It's about three hours and 20 minutes, and it's just a really comprehensive look at Kobe Bryant. uh his life and his career really really good i really enjoyed that um what we've been watching the great british bake-off it's one of betty rebel's favorites some people have been trashing online but i think they just take themselves way too goddamn seriously this is a show about baking like let's just leave it at that uh but it's fun and british people they're just so fun to watch and they yeah. like i love when they're like i'm gutted i'm gutted which <laughs> yeah. is like when you think about it, that's like like it's like, really yeah. morbid yeah that means like oh, Someone i'm so upset i will my i will cut my guts out rip, rip my guts out yeah but i like that and then obviously just a lot of sports dodger games um laker games last week and whatnot um yeah yeah so yeah. obviously current events uh sports are what really matters so All right that's what I've been watching. Definitely uh, watch the MLW match of the week. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing I am super looking forward to, we'll preview, this is the perfect time before we move on, is uh, really excited about Dark Side of the Ring Season 3. Yeah. A uh, little exciting. bit of rumor innuendo dropping. I'm sure they're doing it for a reason because they're smart marketers. Uh, it's their biggest show. And that's so they've yeah, gone I, from yeah. 6 to 10 this season, 14, 14. episodes. Wow. They've already said a couple of the... Um, the topics are going to be um, Brian Pillman. Good. That's a good one. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts' dad. Oh, Grizzly Adams. Yeah, they're going to do yeah. a whole Grizzly Adams thing. Um, and they're obviously, you know, they're slow leaking. 14 episodes. It's going to be awesome. Um, what I liked about Dark Side 2 is because a lot of the stuff they did cover, I, I did know. But, like, they go deeper than that. And I'll find out stuff that I didn't even know about, you know. So it's just something, even if you're not a wrestling fan... Like it's, I recommend watching it because it gives you like an insight on like this little business that we like to call professional wrestling. And because they're the, compelling personal yeah. stories. There's a lot of like happenings going on, and mm-hmm. like a lot of people I know that don't even like wrestling, but they like the channel Vice. Watch that show because it's just it's just really compelling shit. Yeah, man, it is, it is. But I think it's time for a match. Oh, yeah. so, are you ready to come out? Oh yeah, we're walking out. All right, what are you walking out to? Well, I'm walking out to. So I've been. You know, with me, I've been my music's been all over the place, but I went back to an old well, and I went back to like my heavy old heavy metal playlist that I used to play a lot, and I found some songs and stuff that I hadn't heard in a long time. And the one I'm walking out today is by a band called Gore, and it's called Madness at the Core of Time. And if you know Gore, there are those guys that were on Jerry Springer and stuff, and Beavis and Butthead. They dressed up and they played this quirky music, but then. There was a point where they shifted musically and they got really good. And they turned because they were like kind of a punkish band. And they turned into like a real technical heavy metal band with some sweet licks that I never thought that they could do. But you'll hear it. And um, just this is like one of my favorite tunes.
things that they do. And I've seen them play it live, and it's really cool. It got me fired up when I first heard it again. So just maybe it will too. So. badass and i remember when i first saw them too like they were playing the song and like they have these big prosthetics and costumes on and then they have their little arms out and they're just mm -hmm. shredding on the guitar so it's just it's really cool so it's some nostalgia for you yeah definitely kind of in the vein of um kiss in the way of like putting the spectacle back in rock yeah, and roll as sure. most as lack would say yeah um yeah i love uh one of my favorite parts about gore and i was making fun of it earlier is uh that movie empire records um, one of the guys named Mark, he's eating a pot brownie and he's starting to kind of hallucinate and he's watching a gore video and then they go, Mark, you love gore. Why don't you join the band? <laughs> and then he goes to join the band. He's playing the guitar and then they, the huge prosthetics, they start like eating him. Oh, and that's it's just, so... it's so funny, but <clears throat> great song. Definitely interesting band for sure. Um, uh, I'm coming out to you like just much like you really, uh, you know, I went over to our boy, Tiny Van Rensselaer's and like, we watched uh, the Lagwagon concert, and it got me kind of back into my punk roots. You know, obviously single bass pedal, a lot of choruses, all the things we love, pick slides, yeah. for instance. Um, so I'm coming out to a song called Infrared by a band called Strike Anywhere, not the matches. Uh, it's very, very punk rock. When I first heard this album especially, I was like, oh, man, these guys are like a better version of Good Riddance. And yeah. it turned out they actually were. And this song is really good. I like it. Uh, so... And I just imagine I'm coming out in this case as just like, you know, just a badass punk rocker. Yeah. Yeah. 
cafes, courses. Yeah. They're good. They're good. They're one of my faves. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed Guar. But right now, we're in the ring. And when we're inside the ring, we're talking about the ins, the outs, the nuances. We're educating the masses about what wrestling is all about. And we, our new gimmick has been so fantastic. The just the 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 fanfare we've been getting it's pretty much the most amazing uh segment of a podcast that you've ever seen uh we're doing moves and this week we're talking about the pile driver yeah that's a good one one of my favorites and um it's actually taken from the piece of construction equipment that's called the pile driver because if you've seen those we've all seen them driving it's um it drive it's like uh, massive impacts on the top of a foundation bearing it in the ground slowly with each impact so in the wrestling move it's um and this is um straight off the pages of Wikipedia. It's a move in which the wrestler grabs their opponent, turns them upside down, and drops into a sitting or kneeling position, driving the opponent headfirst into the mat. That's good shit. The technique. Good shit. The technique is said to have been innovated by Wild Bill Longson. So yeah, that's the move. And um, what's the most famous? I said British. Star, what's the most famous pile driver? Tombstone? The Tombstone, probably, and we'll get into that. So, it's an old-school move, and it's a pretty, like, you have to do the move right because there is a lot of things that can go wrong, which I will get into, like, later on in this explanation. And I'm pretty sure Davey Boy Smith employed it during the match. Yeah, he against, against Brian Pillman did Jr. He, to, he did a jumping Tombstone pile driver, which I'll explain. Um, wrestlers that have used the pile driver, um, Jerry Lawler, he's pretty famous for that. Bret Hart, Harley Race. The Brain Busters use the Spike Pile Driver that um, also FTR does. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Carl Gotch, uh, Okada uses it. And then most notably, or Paul Orndorff also, but most notably are The Undertaker and Kane, which they do a tombstone, which is a um, kneeling belly-to-belly variant. So it's like instead of the guy's face facing out, it's facing like towards them, like in their crotch region, and they, it looks like a tombstone. So... Um, as we all know, as most of you know, the people that do listen to wrestling, the very an infamous pile driver that happened was when Owen Hart and Bret Hart, or Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled, and um, it was a sit out, sit out uh, tombstone pile driver, and Steve Austin was in um, Owen Hart botched the move, and Steve Austin's neck was legitimately broken. I remember watching that match with my dad, and he was out. Like, and they went home real quick, and he did this, he did one of the worst rollovers in history, roll-ups in history, because the guy couldn't move for a minute, and yeah, because, and it was funny too, because he had told Owen that he didn't want to do it in the match, and Owen did it, and, um, and also too, there's always been some heat between him and Owen, because I guess Owen was so embarrassed about it, he never really, this is according to Austin, so he never really called him and seen how he was doing or anything like that, right. which is a thing that you do in wrestling. If you inadvertently injure someone, you check up on them and stuff like that. Um, so due to that, the pile driver has been banned in the WWE, except if you're Kane and The Undertaker, who are trusted enough to do that. Uh, they're big dudes. They're, like, yeah, there's it's a, like and if you see the move, like... Their what, move is not nearly yeah. as... What happened with Owen... And when you see it on the replay, so when you do the pile driver, you're supposed to land first, a little pulling the curtain back. Um, you're supposed to land first before the person's head, but you're supposed to make it look like they landed head first. In the in the Owen one, Austin's head was lower than it should have been. So by the time Owen sat out, Austin's head hit first, and the momentum just broke his yeah. fucking neck, and which in and shortened his career because he was never really the same after that. 
but it also kind of like built up the myth, the yeah, legend right. too. So, but nobody should be getting hurt yeah. doing those moves. But I like them. Like again, the tombstone, maybe one of the most protective finishers yeah, for a is. long time. Yeah, no, it's rare. That it gets kicked out of because it's rare to see those guys even wrestle anymore. But right. like you know, I mean, people didn't start kicking out of the tombstone until like until he was deep in his. Yeah, because I they were just trying to add drama. Yeah, to all these I think matches. I don't quote me, but like I think Shawn Michaels maybe have been the first to kick out. I don't know, but like I said, that's a protected move. And then we can go into the variants of it. You know, you have the tombstone pile driver, then you have the sit out tombstone where you know if the guy just lands ass first instead, and then you have a belly back pile, pile driver that. Frankie Kazarian does, which is really cool. So, and it's um, Frankie Kazarian is a he's a very good he's wrestler. He's very yeah. good. And so this one is just like the wrestler, um, he grabs the opponent by the legs, and then they're behind him, and then he either sits down or drops to his knees, driving head first. He calls it fade to black, and um, Hangman uses it. It's called the dead eye, and uh, Orange Cassidy also uses it. He calls it the beach break. So there's that one. Because AEW DGAF. They're gonna let everyone yeah. do anything. Yeah, so it's a it's a very cool move. It's a very old move, but it's a very dangerous one. Mm-hmm. And even even in um, promotions that'll allow it, you'll see that being pulled out in a match like very late. High stakes. Yeah, it's a high stakes match. It's probably it's like out of the arc arsenal. Right. And it's like it'll be a very near fall. It's still somewhat protected. Right. Because to be honest with you, if you get dropped on the top of your fucking head, you're your, out. Your neck your neck will break. Yeah. That's so, so cold. And that's what happened. But so that was our. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. That's as far as I'll take it. Like, this is one of my favorite moves, and it has not gone the way of, like, the super kick or, like, the DDT, you know? Right. Right. No, and I think a lot of that has to do with because WWE banned it. So mm-hmm. only certain guys were using it. So it made it that much more, And like, it's still special. special. It's still special. So it's really yeah. cool to see. But I'm really glad you guys uh, checked this out. We're good to be back, and we're hopefully we're going to get some semblance of consistency back. But that'll be cool. But on that note, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly this life, and I'm Bobby B. And we'll see you next time. And enjoy this tune like we always do. I'm gonna play